Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with one of my very old friends. He's a writer, he's an on-air personality, he's so much more. Bill Schultz, welcome. Actually, you pretty much covered it. That's about all I am. But <laughs> Actually, th- as I was saying it, I was thinking, not that much more, really. Yeah, and I thank you for using the word personality. I don't even get that far. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I think he's been on air before. Um, anyway, he's a human being who's breathing, and he's in your room right now. Well, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you again. Our it's been French- way too long. I know. Our friendship is now bi-coastal. Yes, and I love that word. Anytime I can use the word bi-coastal associated with anything, I just feel like a real, I don't know, like a real traveling fella. Yeah, you're like mm. the, sta- the straw that stirs the drink. Thank you. You are making am- things happen i'm the reggie jackson of la i love it (laughs) (laughs) you live in new york but you're out in la right now um doing a whirlwind press tour just promoting yourself not see i wasn't even gonna do that the uh my agent otherwise known as uh the local fox channels lauren savon knows people (laughs) that do various on-air things and through her she's just like her her act of uh promoting me is like so i guess bill's in town and that was about it. And so we just sort of took it from there. And yeah, today I did some uh, radio. I went on uh, PJTV because a friend of mine, John Phillips, works there. And then I did his radio show. And that's about the as whirlwind as it's been getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a really, um, you know, it was sweaty. It was intense. Uh, there was a lot of negotiations involved with Derek Waters of Drunk History. Oh. So as you can imagine, yeah, that was, yeah, he was, he, he, I just wanted to keep hugging him. He's like a little munchy chi with a drinking problem. And Wait, how did he get involved in your plans? Because, and I'm glad you're sitting for this, but I think we're going to see a theme here. He is friends with Lawrence Vaughn. Mm. Yes. She was actually on A Drunk History. When? Um, uh, this season, early on. In so, wait, I just have to interrupt you. For the people who don't know who we're talking about, Lawrence Vaughn um, was a guest on my show over a year ago, and then she's a host on Fox 11, yes. the show that I'm uh, sometimes guest on, Yes, where I've talked about pop culture and whatnot, and she's someone who used to work at Fox in New York. Correct, uh, and that's how we all And met. also Long Island Channel 12, mm-hmm. or News 12, or whatever it's called. As she always likes to remind me, her face was on the local helicopter. <laughs> her giant head was looking at all of New York, and the greater Long Island sound. Okay, so she's friends with Derek Waters. Now, this harkens back to... A late night DM session you and I had where you're like, we have to get Lauren on drunk history. And I'm like, I agree with you. I have no pull here. Was she already friends with him then? I don't know, actually. I haven't asked her about that because I definitely uh, tried to do a Twitter campaign. And that is as awful as it sounds, really. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter and campaign. Ugh, I hate myself. Uh, that... I remember watching it one night, and as you know, I'm an accomplished drunk, but I'm not very good at telling stories when I'm drunk, Mm -hmm. but Lauren kind of is, because she never gets to the point that a lot of us make the mistake of getting to. She just cashes out real quick. She gets that nice, like, buzz state, and she can just tell a very good, albeit slightly slurry story, and I thought she'd be perfect for that show. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but certainly it got a lot of retweets, because she's got a lot of fans, but she ended up 
it was a journalism one, and she ended up uh, playing an 80s version of Barbara Walters. Oh, wow. Which was, she's one of Peabody. She is a, you know, now nationally respected journalist, but I've never been more proud of her. When <laughs> I saw her, God, I'm trying to remember who the drunk was. Uh, it was somebody I, I relatively well-known. It'll come to me five hours from now. But uh, I never was more proud of her than when I saw her reciting the slurred, half-drunken, I'm thinking maybe laced with puke words that I did <laughs> when she was in a bad Barbara Walters wig on that show. That's awesome. I, my, I, my heart was bursting. So through that connection, I was able to talk to Derek. And at the very least, I got a Drunk History hat out of it. So he w- was he at this bar last night? No, we invited him to come, um, and he had a show at 10, and then we left at like 10.20. Um, everyone gets drunk very quickly here because the bars close early, and which is fine by me. So, Wait, where, where was the Derek Waters social event? Uh, no, I think he was doing, I don't necessarily know if it was stand-up, but it might have been some sort of improv-related thing. Mm. There's so many creative types here, Lauren. I can't be, uh, Lauren. Uh, there's so many, I'm Allison. Allison. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little drunk already. Um, there's so many creative types here that I just can't keep track, but it was something along those lines. But yeah, he was, his, uh, office space was downtown and it was just like him in a room with a couple of drunk, drunk history things. And I thought there was gonna be much more of a production than Mm -hmm. that, but I was excited to see him. I was a big fan of the show. Well, that's neat. I feel like you should be on the show. Thank you. (laughs) Um, that's, uh, well, uh. That's what I kind of pitched. I mean, I gave him a couple ideas that, like, because it looked to me like the show likes the stuff that people don't necessarily know a whole lot about. And so he sat there and listened to some of my historical pitches, if you will. You're an um, expert in... Well, I feel like to say you're an expert in history Handball. is too sweeping. No, God, no. I, but not you, at all. you're an expert in little known bits of historical trivia. I do like fun facts. Um, fun facts. So, that's yeah, maybe thing. I'm more a fan of a fun fact than a, an expert at anything. But you know what you are? You're a fan of, and I'll go back to how we know each other. It has to do with magazines and whatnot. Um, you're a fan of including fun facts in articles and then giving them like a little per personified icon like a little pineapple speaking the fun fact in maxim magazine i love those yeah i've always wished that every article could be more like Wee's playhouse <laughs> and it's never and no one else has really shared that wish for me and it's certainly lost me many a job mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i've always wanted i like bells and whistles i mean i know i'm not the only person with the attention span of a gnat but for what I, I and I always think articles should be written as such, but um, no one really agrees with me on that. Not many people are a fan of fun little cartoons. The dispensing. New York Times, because you no! currently have a column in Talk- the New York Times yes. about museums. Yes, which and arguably it's as interesting as it sounds. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very straightforward and, and kind of serious. Yeah, um, which in some ways makes it, I certainly would never say easy because that then is the bane of my existence for how little it pays, uh, which, and I love it and I can't emphasize that enough, say, but yeah. it's a lot of research and, uh, uh, you know, there's not a lot of pocket change sometimes, but um, it's, yeah, I mean, even when I think I'm being at my most straightforward, even if there's like a twist somewhere in there, it, that gets timed out for sure, <laughs> yeah. And so you, you learn to sort of keep it dry. And how did you st- – <laughs> I feel so demoralized for you. Uh, uh, it's, Although, you get used to it. really proud of you that you're a New York Times columnist. Oh, thanks very much. Um, again, it's about museums, so the 18 to 35 demo, nailing it. That's <laughs> what they're into. It's basically that and the Kardashians. How did you get this column? Um, I had done a couple of things for the Metropolitan section, and I knew the editor there, and I just pitched something like – because, you know, I'm um, – 
I not only do I have the attention span of a nap, but uh, you know, the mindset of a twelve-year-old where I like looking inside spaces you're not supposed to look at. And so I just wanted to see what was inside museums that were normally not that weren't displayed. And mm-hmm. you focus on one per month. Problem with this is like as many museums as there are in New York, and I think last day I looked it up at some point and it was it's an outrageous number. There is a sell-by date on this. Like after a while, we're going to run out of museums with stuff that they're. Uh, not displaying. I'm hoping they'll let me revisit older museums and let me look at other things. But Or you could just take it outside of just New That York. would be ideal. You could travel it. A, yeah, Metropolitan wouldn't like that. But you know what? They need to get mo- less Metropolitan and more all over the world. More global. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Let's uh, think metropolitanly, but act globally. That's my new phrase. I'm just going to ask you one more museum question because, well, frankly, uh, uh, it's uh, boring. Give it, give me as many as you want and then edit them all out. I know how this works. You don't because we don't do editing. Um, what's the coolest thing you saw in a museum vault? Well, uh, there were a lot of things that I saw that we didn't end up running. And I remember there was one. We went to the fire museum because it's like the 100th anniversary. Now it's got to be more than that. 150th anniversary of the New York Fire Department. And we went to this fire, the, the fire museum, and we were going down there. And I just assumed this was going to be a gimme, but for some reason we didn't use it. But they have a, a, just a, a bunch of really cool stuff. Like you're like a kid in a ca- kid in a candy store when you're down there, and they had this little toy engine um, that looked innocuous enough, but when you got real close to it, little swastika is all over it. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was basically this guy had um, libera- liberated Berlin. Um, and he would had found that just like on the ground or something, some little kid's toy, and it had somehow made its way to the vault. And I don't know if they just think it's too disturbing for kids to see up in the actual museum, but sadly it is collecting dust and in that- the bowels. No, it never made it. It was not in the article. Why? I don't know. I really pushed hard for the child's swastika-laden fire engine, but I never got a concrete answer on that. I think they wanted something bigger or, I don't know, less um- Nazi. I always get less Nazi in my coffee. (laughs) Too much Nazi here. (laughs) What's the editing process like? And this is will be fascinating to the vast majority of my audience. Yes, absolutely. Um, Do you so use I'm throw as many or uh, K4? I don't even know if they still use those programs. <laughs> they, it's like at this point, it was very difficult at first because I wasn't really sure what they wanted. At this point, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, I know if they want more of one thing and less of another, but I mean, essentially, it's less the editing process than then. That's not difficult. It's getting something approved. Mm-hmm. And so I cast a wide net, and then it kind of comes down to eventually this one thing that they insist on taking a photo of. So no matter how good the JPEGs are at the museums I see, the Times is always going to get one of the photographers down there. A guy who was really happy to work with me. Like he's always like a war photographer and like he's down there taking pictures of Nazi uh, <laughs> Nazi toys and looking at me angrily. <laughs> so you and I know each other because I wrote for a magazine and I'm – I'm forgetting the name of it, and I'm hoping you can remind me. What was the Mike Olson, Mark Remy magazine? Giant. Yes. Yes. I was thinking it was a magazine that started with an S, because then I wrote for Stuff, and then I also wrote for Sync, and I was like, was it Shift or Shape? Or I well, was convinced you, there's some S name magazine. No, you're right, because the original name was Silly Giant, <laughs> and they crossed, they turned it to Giant, so you were, you're always right. Right. You just got the original name, yeah. It still was a five-letter name, though, so uh, I feel like that's similar. In, I mean, the, you I'm it. in the ballpark. It's, it has letters in it. Anyway, I wrote for a magazine called Giant, and I remember when I went to visit them, and it was kind of a startup. Would you say it was a startup? Oh, my God. Absolutely. It I don't was, even remember who the publisher was, but yeah. If you give me long enough, I will. 
at the same time that you remember who narrated the Lawrence Vaughn episode five I hours later, that. I will remember. Yeah. Um. So I remember I was in the office and they kept saying, we got to get Schultz here. We got to bring Schultz over. We got to get Schultz here. And that was the first time I ever heard your name. And then I, we went out to some bar or something and you were there. And then I, that's when I met this Bill Schultz that was like this larger than life figure. That's very flattering. Are you sure they were talking about some different Schultz? Like no, it was Charles you. Schultz peanuts or something like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't, you can get him. He's dead. Well, I, his think, corpse. I think it was kind of like we got to get Schultz here. But then there was like a footnote to that or like a pineapple speaking of fun fact. Yes, that was yes. like, but there's problems around that. And I don't know if we'll be able to. Interesting. I wonder if God. I I can't see Dennis Publishing where I was working at at the time having a very big anti-poaching thing for <laughs> for people like me. Like they probably wouldn't have even noticed I was gone. So you were um, at Dennis Publishing at Stuff or at Max? Correct. At that it's point? Stuff. Same company. Same pretty much magazine. Um, but uh, I was at Stuff. So then we became. I, you know, actually, I don't know if we became friends after I just met you at that one bar that was when pretty I was quick yeah. out with Mike and and Mark. But then. I was at Time Out in New York. Um, and- or Tony, as they called in New York. <laughs> do, do, do people call it Tony? They do. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. It seems you'd think they wouldn't, but they do. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I was at Tony. <laughs> I said it as if it means Tony. Um, and I assigned you some stories. And then we became friends. And then there's a part of this that I have mentioned, I think, on the show before, which is I had started doing on-air stuff. Do you remember that? Yes. I did like early Saturday morning stuff on Absolutely. Weekend Today in New York. And I was somewhat full of myself because I was very I good. was impressed. Thank you. I mean, the closest I ever was to being on TV was like waking up on top of a television set. <laughs> so I was very impressed with you. Um. So then you and I knew about, I had never met Greg Gutfeld, but I knew about him from everyone in your circle stories. I think I was probably a little bit intimidated by him. And he was living in England at the time, heading up Maxim UK. And mm. you said that he was coming to town and you were meeting with him because you guys were maybe going to do this TV show. And I remember as a journalist who was now doing TV stuff, thinking like... <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> well, right you are. I, uh, I'll i see it when I believe it. I thought it was a joke, too. I thought like, he's going to like throw water at me or something like that when I come through. I did not believe it at all. Yeah, it just didn't seem real. Yeah, I didn't either because I'm like, here are these magazine guys, a TV show, what? I'm yeah. the only one who, who has successfully... <laughs> At that point, it seemed like it was going to be more successful than it turned out to be. Um, I'm just kidding. So I was on at three, so I don't want to hear it. Um, the show started out as something called Wasteland. Yes. God, good memory. I remember seeing it online, and then it turned into Red Eye, and then it was successful. And I, I always the reason I tell that story is because it's amusing that I was like, oh, yeah, right. And then it turned into this like super long-running thing. No one would have put a bet on that and it's staking around as long as – it's still around. God, um, yeah, that's, uh, that still surprises me. It still seems like a very long seven-year dream. How, is that honest. how long you were on the show? I was on for seven years, so gosh, that means it's been over eight now. But now Greg is no longer hosting it, and it has Tom Shalou hosting. Tom Shalou's hosting, very good guy, uh, comedian, um, and he was always regular. And he and Andy Levy, who was there from the beginning, is still on there. Greg went on to take Huckabee's slot on Saturday. Uh, and I think it's just called The Great Gutfeld Show. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, I have not watched every single episode. And he still does the five 
every after at the five right. at five o'clock Eastern Standard Time, which is the only time, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I just wasted LA right there. I don't know if a few people heard that. Yeah, all all the West Coast people just turned this off. Yeah, they just went, oh snap, and then put on <laughs> put on something else. Sorry, guys, but I'm on fire right now. Um. And the Greg Gutfeld show actually has elements that are similar to Red Eye. That didn't surprise me. I mean, you go with what you know. I mean, there, yeah. were, cel- there were elements to Stuff Magazine that were in Red Eye. Yes. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's that like, continuous voice. Yes. It actually made me go, oh, wow. Well, no, it, I say that it made me go, oh, wow, as if I was surprised. But it's interesting because I always thought, and I still think, that you were a big part of shaping the red-eye voice. Oh, well, you're very sweet. So you're saying the red-eye voice was nasal and unaccomplished. (laughs) Um, And I guess that could be said, yeah. But, uh, well, that's very... It was certainly a collaborative effort. And obviously, regular guests like yourself helped in that collaboration. Mm, Thank you. uh, Yeah, I mean, definitely... I mean, Greg and I always had very similar sensibilities in the sense that we like rhyming. Mm-hmm. And there was way too much rhyming in Red Eye. It, would be, it really became an effed up Dr. Seuss book after a while. Um, and just little stuffed animal, weird curiosities in the corner, possibly dispensing fun facts, <laughs> maybe dispensing ways to make a bomb and then therefore we get it out, but usually fun facts. And uh, yeah, just, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of surreal men- kind of mentality. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm sure that this, the latest incarnation of the uh, world of Greg Gutfeld has got a lot of that as well. Something that I always liked about Greg, um, or and I've said Singing this. <laughs> He's good. He's got beautiful <laughs> the way he pipes. looks in shorts. Yes. Um, no, I've I've said this before, maybe not on air, um, but kind of juxtaposing him with Adam Carolla, who I worked with for a long yes. time. The thing about Greg is I think that he. They're different in terms of how political they are because Greg will go for the joke before the political point or for a long time he would. I don't know if I would say he would anymore, but he... I think it's like the stock market kind of goes up and down. Sorry. <laughs> so what, what 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 comes first, the joke or the politics? But I think that's like that with anyone that works at a politically bent station, which is most of them. Yes. And actually, I do remember a note to me was... We need your opinion more than we need your jokes. Yeah, I think like, that I was mean, that was a shift. And I mean, I think it was because a lot of people that came on, which, gosh, I don't blame them. Like, they, we would have shows where there would be very little politics at all, which were by far my favorite shows, <laughs> uh, that obviously the brass probably wasn't as happy with. But uh, I think a lot of people had scared because a lot of the guests that we had were absolutely not across the board conservative no, they really were any comedians. point yeah completely and i think that they would get intimidated about maybe having the ron opinion and there really was no ron opinion to be had on uh, right you might get yelled at by other people that were really hard right on the show but i mean you know that doesn't bruise so, right but i think that that and so as a result everything got turned into a joke because people were scared to voice an opinion which mm-hmm. obviously is not good but certainly happened Right. Is this mine? That is your water. I get my own. This is the first free thing I've gotten today, and I'm very happy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I do remember that there was at a certain point it felt like a shift towards, or just a reminder to to, you know be have an opinion about the stories, be outspoken. That has to come before the joke. But in general, as a person, I feel like Greg is not particularly angry or strident. Um, 
And he, you know, he does feel strong. I, I, I don't know why I'm speaking so openly about Greg Gutfeld, who I haven't talked to in a while. And uh, probably, probably talked to him sooner, more recently than I have. So, but I don't feel like I'm qualified. But I'm just going to continue with this thought, and, <laughs> no, then, no, and then I'll finish. But I, like I said, I really am not qualified to speak like this. This was my impression of him. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as he obviously is very political and whole, you know, like these things he holds really. He's very passionate about all of his political things. At the same time, in conversation with him, he would lighten the mood or go for the joke always. And I always appreciated that. Yes, uh, as did I. As did I. I didn't see that side of him until the Fox News bit. I mean, I was Which aware side? of the, the, the political side. I mean, I was certainly aware of the fact that he was uh, Republican but um, or conservative. I've, apparently, there's a difference. Um, At what point were you aware <laughs> of that, though? Because my- It would just be throwaway lines. And like, I think that he would sometimes- but he and Breitbart were liberal before 9-11, right? I don't think I don't think that's I don't know about I can't speak for Breitbart. But I mean, I think that he was I think he it was a re, it was sort of the Alex P. Key re, P. Keaton. Keaton reaction to going to school in Berkeley okay. for him. I think I think he I think he leaned that way for a while. Gotcha. Because um, I know. Yeah, because I know he uh, was like an intern for. Uh, uh, what is it? The. Uh, John Birch Society? <laughs> that would be a different uh, red eye. Oh, what's the one that um, uh, Christopher, not his, Hitch, oh my gosh, I'm, this is what happens when you're out too late in LA. Um, anyway, he was interned at a very Republican magazine like, oh, okay. right after college. So, And I know he, he's very proud of the fact that he served dinner to Reagan or something along oh, those lines, yes. I didn't know about that. Well, it was morning in America, but they were eating dinner. So, uh, <laughs> And he was part of it, so... Um, so you had been a journalist always, and I, then- I, less and less using the word journalist. I never know which to use. I, I went through, for the longest time, reporter felt I pretentious, even and then know sometimes journalist feels pretentious. Writer? I honestly don't think that either of them sound pretentious. I just sometimes wonder if I deserve to be called that. I mean, the older I get, when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I'm like half kidding, but half not, like, um- I was always be like, oh, I'm a journalist or I'm a reporter. And I would use this voice of people like, what is he doing? <laughs> um, but more and more, I just kind of look at what I do and the odd the odd ways that I can scrap together some money just like freelancing. And it's just so rarely am I doing anything that people would be describing as journalism. I mean, God knows I didn't report on the Nazi truck. That would have been some journalism <laughs> right there. But I just I don't know what the hell I am. Um, Do you feel like poor? I like to call myself that. Has it become less and less mm. journalistic as you've gotten older? Because yeah. as a writer, I know that my writing career has definitely like now. If I do. It's very different than before where I was doing a ton of research. I mean, I was really a reporter slash journalist. Right. Whereas now it's like I do the occasional interview for Bon Appetit, which I'm so thankful for and I love it, but it's like it's very different. Hook me up with that. That sounds like a publication with some money. (laughs) Although uh, I don't know much about food. Um, But yeah, no, completely. And like, you know, they always say about freelancing is that you can always say no. And that's like the one good thing mm-hmm. about freelancing. Of course, you I never up, did. Yeah, I <laughs> never say no. But re- very, rarely do people come to me. I still have to come to people. It's like, you know, you got to audition all the time. And so you audition for the stuff that you want to do. And a lot of times it's easy. Or you can just do it in your sleep. And I look at stuff like that. Not that any of the things that I do, and certainly the time thing is very hard. But um, I mean, yeah, I do stuff like that. And 
you know, I look at it, I said to myself, I'm like, am I, is this journalism? You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm like looking at different sites and just getting those fun facts. And maybe I'm throwing them in a pineapple. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. Uh, uh, whatever it is, it's staring back at me in the mirror and it's not proud of me at 40. So that's what I am. It's a, that's a long-winded way of saying my profession. So you were switched from full-time um, writing ish with the asterisk because whatever yeah uh to being on air full-time yes five days a week crazy you had a wardrobe budget did you not i had a wardrobe budget and i was thinking about this like recently because what a waste like that's a they the one thing they definitely don't skimp on is wardrobe budget which i did not even know that was a thing or sending cars for guests sending cars for guests is an amazing thing if, if you lived in connecticut they would pick you up yes i think I uh, I mean, I can certainly say this now. We have a mutual friend named Joshua McCarroll. Oh, who Josh. Was, uh, who was uh, a booker and then moved on to be a producer at Fox News. And I remember I did a show on Fox Business. No one watches Fox Business. And he and I used the car that I got for doing that to go to Atlantic City. <laughs> and they had no problem with it. That was like sort of the freewheeling days of early Fox business. But I just thought I was going to get a slap on the hand or at least. But nope. Yes. Oh, Atlantic City. That's fine. That doesn't seem suspicious. That's just where, you know, your next gig is tonight. But uh, yeah, that was unbelievable. It's not like that anymore. So as of how long ago are you no longer on Red Eye? Gosh, um, I uh, left, air quotes, um, and November... 2013. So it's been two years. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at me now. I know. I mean, I shower <laughs> and. You're on another coast, hence bi coastal. I'm, I'm bi coastal. I wasn't really able to say that before. So that's a good thing. Uh, so yeah, it's been two years. Were you sad to leave in air quotes? Um, I'm very thankful for Red Eye, and it is the best job I've ever had in my life. I know that there was a feeling of. I'm, I wake up scared every day, but. Um, there was a weight, I don't know how the best way to put this, is like there is a weight that has been lifted off my shoulders. I will say that. I, I, there's a lot of things I miss. I miss taking cars to Atlantic City. I'm going to be honest with you. Free ones, that's a good thing. Um, but um, I th- it's probably time to go. I miss the paycheck mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, I know that you're, I'm blowing your mind right now with the stuff that I miss. <laughs> um, but I don't wake up in the morning crying that I'm not on red eye anymore is the best way to put it, I suppose. You- it was the be- it was one of the best times of my life, but it was it was tough. It was tough. I mean there was some tough stuff about it. And um, can you say what the tough stuff there's was? There's acrimony. I mean I'll I'll tell you I got I think there is a vague way I can certainly put it, which is uh, and I'll quote John Phillips so last night he was saying it and he was doing better examples than me, but he said that with any sort of creative relationship there always ends up seeming to be a sell-by date Mm. um and not that i would ever compare myself to successful creative relationships but you know you got your simons and your garfunkels and or to another extent your opies and your anthony's Mm -hmm. and and i think at some point something just it starts getting to be real rough and uh and you know that's i think uh i'm trying to get this out of my vocabulary i was about to say it is what it is if i do you punch me in the face i sure will it's the only way to get but uh th- i think there's something to that um and you know and you invariably one person has more power than the other and it just gets rough you know and you did i had a 7 year run at a job that at its best was like going to get getting paid to play every day so mm-hmm. i got no complaints but i mean 
that's a really long-winded way of me telling you that I miss it, but in other ways I don't miss it. Were you aware of how acrimonious it had become? The reason I ask is because I feel like there's probably some similarities. I think there are. To my situation mm. and to yours. And I'm wondering if you have this one, which is no matter what I say about it, I never feel, I always feel like I wish I'd said more and I also wish I'd said less. That's like, I wish, I wish my public statement was just, I'm so grateful for the wonderful experience I had. Thanks to everyone. I wish them the best. But also, there's so much other stuff I feel. And, yeah. you know, and I have, I really have gone back and forth. It's like, on the one hand, it's, it's tough because it's like, it, who are the people you're talking to? The people that don't know anything, I want them to hear the like, I'm so grateful, I'm above it all message. But the, the fans who are wanting to know what happened, like, I want to offer my side of it, especially Completely. since another side of it, which was not true, was presented. So anyway, I've, I've, I'm like beyond all that because this was a while ago at this point, but um, well, I followed it with great interest, as you could probably imagine, ick, for yeah. a variety of reasons. Um, but um, well, I mean, and I know you don't want to talk about it too much, but like, did you? Well, I think was part of the problem also that you could never really tell where he was coming from. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's why I was curious how aware you were of the acrimony because mm. in my uh, my par- my my uh, relationship, which also had a sell by date. I had no idea. I thought I was doing great. I thought we were getting along great. I thought everything was great. You know, like I was bringing a a ton of money to the company. um, And I thought everything was hunky-dory. But I also, you know, he's real hard to please. So I... After four years there, I had stopped every day. You know, at the be- it started at the beginning with me always wondering where I stood. Was he happy with that? What does that mean? You know, a couple of people have pulled me aside early on and they're like, just watch his body language. <laughs> what does that even mean? I've. <sighs> it's, what it means is. Well, I mean, I know what it means. It's hard like- to read, but you'll learn how to do it. But I, you know, I kind of got to the point where I just trusted if there's a problem, they'll let me know. Um, and I don't think there is, but I also, yeah. you know, like with someone where their responses are usually pretty, I don't know, I've sort of backed myself into a cul-de-sac here. What am I trying to say? Uh, cul-de-sacs um, are lovely though. <laughs> it's very safe. Yeah, it That's is. That's the thing, you know. Great view. Um, some people get here trying to get to the beach and they have to turn around and they get angry. <laughs> That's what you're backed into right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think with certain people, I would... Uh, trust my gut and trust my instincts about what's going on because I usually would have a pretty good read on them. But then with other people, with with, with Adam, like I said, I just stopped really. Like I didn't pay attention to all those signals anymore because... You just figured well, I didn't have to. Well, because I had felt like something... I mean... Yeah, I but no, you know what it is? It's because everyone feels like he's mad at them. Everyone feels like they fucked up. He he famously doesn't make eye contact with you. So the oh, normal yeah, so the normal way that you tell if you're still in someone's good graces don't apply to him. You know, yeah, every like anyone I know who would meet him would come to me and be like, I don't think he likes me. I'm like, that's just no, that's not true. That's just the way it is with him. Mm-hmm. So then to find out that actually he didn't like me and was upset with me for a long time was a real surprise. Yeah. No, that sounds very familiar. Okay. <laughs> um, And it's just 
I mean, yeah, there's, there's certainly people can be blindsided, especially with someone that's not good at explaining how they what they think of you. And also, yeah, I mean, if everyone just sort of thinks that they're always on the outs, then after a while you lull yourself into a comfortability where no, everyone thinks that, and I'm not. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, I definitely emphasize with that point. Empathize or sit. Um, my, my sympathize word, sympathize no um, i think empathize. i feel empathy for that point because yes it's so familiar you, so it was a bit of a surprise for you yes um and you know it's just again with these type of things you have your ups and you got your downs i mean i think there was a good amount of downs but also i remember i had had some pretty good shows at that then that recently right before i went and so i just was like well you know i figure if you're doing a good enough job it's mm-hmm. you don't have to go out and have a beer every night you know um, and I think I thought that was that was about it. And uh, you know what? Um, I again, I'm giving you all these brain busters. Sometimes in life, I have been wrong. <laughs> uh, and I get, I'm giving you guys some good stuff here. To, yeah, I, yeah. Like this is surprising a lot of people. But uh, yeah, sometimes I'm not always right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. Do I know. you go back and look at like, oh, I should have realized it then. I should have realized it then. Like, Or do you go back and piece back when the decision was probably made? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, I don't, I don't like, honestly, I don't like thinking about it too much just for the fact that like the actual process of how whatever happened, because remember, there's a non-disclosure agreement here. Not that I'm worried about News Corp. They don't do anything with us. <laughs> um, they, uh, but I think I... I don't know. I don't really harp on it too much because when it would be – and again, it is – I got to always do this preface, but it's true. I mean it was the greatest job of my life, but there was a lot of times that I was, um, I was extremely stressed out and, um, and things are stressful enough now where I just hate even thinking of it. I'm like, well, all right. It, it, it's one thing to be stressed now, but at least I was stressed with money back then or more money. So um, I know – I'm sure I could have done things differently. Yes, definitely. But you know what? The fact that I didn't – oh, well. What are the parts you miss about the gig and what are the parts you don't miss? I liked – I think I've told you this before, but the great thing about TV versus uh, journalism or (laughs) reporting, if you will, uh, is that there's no homework. When you are done, you're done. So meaning like you go in in the morning, you pitch your stories. And this is like daily TV, I suppose. But um, they like them or they don't. You get your take on it. You write them up. And that's it. And, I mean, if there's any homework, which none of us did, it's thinking about what stories you might want to pitch the next day. But when you're done, you're done. And that was amazing. Like, I don't think I'd ever had that in my life. You mm-hmm. know, I went from school, from college to sort of doing this for a living. And there's just always homework. And you get used to it. But with that, it was just, you know, you just sort of – I'm clapping my hands here for – since we don't have any Thank visuals. you. I'm constantly reminding yes. people that viewers can't see what you're doing. I think – you know, I mean, my brother may or may not be in radio. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to put on airs. But um, – the- Alfred Schultz, longtime listeners of this show will remember that he used to do things you never hear people say the second I, of the show. You guys were adorable together. I and I hate the fact that he likes you more than me. So this is a very sore <laughs> subject. Um but, uh, yeah, that's a great feeling. Oh, God, I miss that. Just like when you you can't really go to bed stressing about the next day because you don't even know what to stress about, mm-hmm. you know? And I like that. I miss that. Yeah, I remember when I started doing a daily show, something that I really liked about it was unlike before where I would do a TV appearance, you know, every couple of weeks. But if it didn't go well, I'd be like, oh, I don't know when the night, you know? Oh, and my I would, God, I know that feeling. This, yeah. it was like, 
every show just kind of washed away because you have another one the next day. Yes, that is a wonderful feeling. Very underrated, too, because, you know, we both knew people that would do stuff like this for a living, and no one ever told me that it was like that. Maybe it never occurred to them, but that was great. I really miss that. And I'll tell you, the other thing that I really miss is the people. Um, You know, Lauren Savant's a great example. I mean, she's one of my best friends in the world, and I met her only because of Fox News. And I remember I walked there... I went in there. I don't want to say I had a chip on my shoulder because I was obviously extremely grateful for the job, but I'm not exactly a Republican, conservative Republican. I definitely went in there like uh, with a chip on my shoulder, thinking, "Well, I'm, I'm not going to get along with anyone, and no one's going to like me." And so why even try looking at the ground? I don't care. And the problem was, I also talk like that a lot. <laughs> um, but I made a lot of really dear friends that I'm still friends with to this day, which makes it awkward going to the Christmas parties. But. Um, <laughs> That uh, I'm really thankful for, and I still get to hang out with them. But it's uh, the problem is sometimes they go to very expensive bars. But uh, they, uh, I met a real lot of really good people there, and I judged the place too quickly. Is the Fox News Christmas party still amazing? I know you probably don't know within the last couple years, but I don't remember us having. We for a while we used to have uh, ones where everybody within News Corp came, and And it was this big extravaganza. Yeah, I mean, all of our regular. It was amazing. Um, and then I remember that at the last couple years I was there, they had parsed it down to the point where I don't believe that there were even, they, they, everyone months. was just expected to have their own Christmas party. I mean, mm. you know, those budgets, they're not going to fix themselves, but perhaps they're trying to help with the, uh, the, the, the overall company vibe and they're doing it again. But I, if they are, I'm not aware. The one that I went to, it was after Red Eye. I remember walking with all you guys. I don't know where it was, but there were all these different theme rooms. Yes, huge. Uh, That was. I think that was one of the. I think that was the last one. Yeah, it was great. I just remember being really happy that there were free oysters and being really sick afterwards. Mm. So happy to sick was sort of my pathway that (laughs) Christmas. But uh, what are the aspects you don't miss about it? I hate talking about politics. I hate it so much, and I didn't realize how much I'd hated it until I left it. And. Mm Uh, I hate acrimony. I don't like arguing. I have no problem, um, and if you were to see me now, you would know I don't win them usually, but I've never had a problem like with a fist fight. I don't mind that if it comes to that. I don't look for them, certainly, but I've never backed away from something like that. Acrimony, arguing, I just, the older I get, the more I can't stand it. I mean, life's too short, and there's people that just love it. Are you talking about on air? Yeah. Arguing? Well, both. Okay. I mean, there's, there's that too, but... uh <laughs> Uh, it's it's worth it, on air at least. There's an element of theater to it, but um, and, and obviously off air, it's it's for real. But uh, I hate it so much. The older I get, the more I hate it, and I, the more I try to avoid it. And maybe that means that the older I get, the more I'm, of a wuss I'm becoming. But uh, I just ugh. And, and any time it would go that way, and when people would really be yelling at each other on Reddit, which wasn't that much, but it would certainly happen. I just I, my stomach would sink. I just wanted to be anywhere but there, like. I know everyone being happy and getting along is not good TV, but I really wish it was. Did you get this? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like when people were really going at each other, were the producers on the side excited by that? I'm. Sh- they've never voiced that to me, but I can't see why they wouldn't. I mean, you know, the, the cliche, good TV, that's good TV, that's good radio. There's a reason why it invariably is followed by a big fight, acrimony, all that stuff. You know, it's rarely as good radio talking about the charity you were just working for uh, <laughs> for four hours on end. But uh, yeah, so that was that was very, I just hate that so much. Um, 
and I'll do it. And I mean, you know, if I've got a point or if I think something's not fair, I'll say it. But it's not my favorite thing to do in the world. And there mm-hmm. was a lot of that. So I don't miss that. So let's talk about young Bill's journey. Oh, Here's that what I sounds know. like the journey of Natty Gann a little bit. <laughs> I know. Uh, the movie that didn't get made. Here's what I know of your childhood. I know you had a dog named Pepper. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm a Pepper. Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I did. Lake you, Forest. Our one claim to fame is the Bears practice there. And that's no longer a claim to fame. You're very much into the White Sox. I like the White Sox. They don't like me, at least for the last couple of years. You have a brother named Jonathan and a brother named Alfred. I do. Or as a, we call them, the successful brothers. Mm-hmm. But Alfred had a crazy speech impediment as a child yes and you used to imitate it we did um (laughs) he had a problem with l's if i were to do this imitation of anyone but alfred people would say it's racist um (laughs) the 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 way alfred talked but um it uh yeah he talked like this i mean he talked like he talked like a comedian that would be trying to do a bad impression of a baby and we would oftentimes have to be in a um we would have to translate for him for other people Uh like he wasn't even i can't even do it anymore because it was so long ago i gotta look at like some old family videos or something like that but like yeah like people would be like are you saying hello or yellow a combination (laughs) of both and invariably it was. Like, you know, he was saying hi and that also he liked yellow. But he would just mash them all together into one weird word that's never been said before. Um, he also had a problem where he uh, never learned to crawl. Oh. He was, you know those like bouncy seats mm-hmm. that you have? Well, he would just, and he did it unbelievably quickly. I mean, this is how he got a lawn, but he would scoot on the floor on his butt. And just kind of jut his way forward. <laughs> and he did it. Un- I mean, we have video of it. It's unbelievable. Faster than, and maybe he's smarter than everyone else because he was faster than anyone could crawl. But when my mom would always say that when she would wash his like um, outfits when he was little, that most moms have like scuffing on the, on the knees. But for him, it was all in the butt. Right. <laughs> There'd all be holes there. But yeah, he's, he was an unusual kid and an unusual adult. Except that he's very well spoken now. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's definitely. He's. I, I don't want to get into an argument with him because he'll win. He's a smart little kid. He works uh, for Stand Up with Pete Dominic, and he has his own show on Sirius now, right? Yes. Um, he has his own shows on Saturday at 3, p- uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's sit down in his um, with Alfred and Chris and his show. This is how Alfred's mind works, people. I mean, I don't know where he gets it. But his other show is Stand Up with oh. Pete Dominic. So what you got is you got your sitting <laughs> and your standing. That's why Alfred makes the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's actually appropriate to how he goes to get around, sitting down. There around. you go. Yeah. And is Jonathan younger than you? Yes. Okay, uh, can't you tell by the maturity in my eyes? <laughs> Jonathan is a, a very successful real estate agent in a place that's really hard to sell real estate, Manhattan. Is his um, face on a pad of paper? I believe it is. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the a, sign a, of success. Yes, exactly. Uh, you too like Modern Family, I can see. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's very good. And his uh, my sister-in-law actually just got back into it as well. She's also excellent. I actually don't watch Modern Family. I just want to make it clear that if I cribbed a joke from them, I wasn't aware I was No, that's, just, that's not even a joke. But Phil Dumphy, I've watched every single one of them okay. five times. Um, they're, real, they're the family I wanted, basically. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's got ads all over the town of his real estate. Gotcha. Like, he gets very upset when people put mustaches on them to the point where he feels like he needs to grow one but uh yeah oh, i'm addicted to modern family it's it's like a warm blanket after a bad day because I, I feel about friends 
Oh, completely. I think that became my new friends. Um, Lauren, God, I don't think I'd have a life without Lauren. She knew the executive uh, producer whose name escapes me. And I remember the one a time I was here probably two times ago, I was hanging out with him. And he was talking a lot about it, and I felt bad because Danny Zucker. Yes, thank you. Oh, look at somebody lives in LA. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, and he was referencing a lot about the show, and I felt bad that I had never seen it. And I decided to put it on one night, and that was it. I was, ugh, I loved them all so much. And the, it's fun to see them grow. Other things I know about your childhood: your mom's name Debbie. You are uncanny. And one time you asked her if you were stupid. <laughs> she hates when I tell this story and to this day denies it, but you know, you don't come back from something like this. And my memory is she didn't answer, but she was like, you're nice. That's the important you thing. You are, but I wish I had your memory. Um, I can't even remember what I did earlier. Uh, no, I had been tested for every learning disability in the book. Why? Um, because I just was not, I was, you know how like you, some people get A's, I would get F's. <laughs> So that's the best way I'm to describe it. This, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever those, th- you know how there are good grades? Uh-huh. There are also bad grades. <laughs> and sometimes that can get bad and you get held back, as I was for fifth grade. Um, and I just got tested for everything. And I just, I, you know, you want an answer after a while so you can tell someone, oh, well, the reason that I spelled dinosaur C-A-R is because I've got trixodecaflopophobia. And uh, <laughs> so that's it. I mean, other than that, I'm pretty much a card-carrying genius. Uh, but I, I never had that, and I, I never got I never got any of those wonderful Adderalls that the kids now love so much, or anything like that. But and so after a while, I do. I remember I'm like, Mom, am I just slow? And here's the thing: I'm not that dumb because I remember she looks at me and she goes, "Bill, the important thing is you are a very nice person." And I remember thinking, like, "Okay, I'm not that dumb. I know exactly <laughs> what that means." And uh, yeah, to this day, I'm I'm a very nice person. The <laughs> funny thing is that I feel like you're one of the brightest people I know. Well, that's very sweet of you, but I don't know why you would think that. Uh, I mean, I can barely tie my shoes, but I but love you, you for are. saying that. I think you're you're one of the brightest people I know, yeah, and one of I the appreciate most the charity. talented, but self destructive. Well, yeah, you know, uh, what little brain cells I have left, screw them. I mean, they haven't done me <laughs> any favors so far. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe not self destructive. I'm not. I don't think ahead very much you know what i always hate are those people that say live in the moment and stuff like that yeah fuck them that, oh that's uh, that's i do too much of that i want to be fo- much more forward thinking like i think that's the worst advice you can give anyone particularly a young person mm-hmm. like you know you've got to be it's less mindful what's the other catchphrase i hate besides mindful um present oh present. present i hate present like there's too much being present i'm i might i've never had a problem with being present my problem is i'm too focused on this delicious muffin i'm eating rather than how am i going to pay the rent this month like right. uh, present is a horrible thing i don't know why people ever decided that, that was something good that we needed to do no think ahead but I remember you gave up drinking for Lent many I years did, ago. I did, yeah. So you can do it. I can do it. You it's, just don't like to? I don't like to. Um, I don't – it doesn't like me and it's expensive um, and uh, I don't have money. And a lot of times I don't even know what – I mean I do. I love it. I do love it. I mean I love – What's the it we're talking – you love what? I like – I'll tell Being you. Being present? Yeah, I like being present with scotch. Uh, and, you know, the weird thing is watching Modern Family with a little scotch buzz, it's not paying the bills. So you're making a lot of sense, definitely. But, you know, you do look forward to it, too, at the end of the day. I'm oh, trying to get the end of the day out of my mouth, too. Um, but you didn't. You weren't using it colloquially there, I don't think. I think you were no, you you're literally right. you, yeah, you, freebie. You know me, yeah. 
Um, at the literal, another word I'm trying to get out of my vocabulary, <laughs> end of the day, I would always, especially nowadays, because you know you can't afford to go to bars that much anymore, I really do look forward to like a big old glass of scotch and Phil Dumphy selling real estate on Modern Family. <laughs> um, that's how awesome my life is right now. But I do love that stuff a lot, and I can probably – Probably would be better for me to get rid of the scotch a little more. But if you ever tell me to get rid of my modern family, I will storm out of here. <laughs> I will never give that up for Lent. It's uh, too much for me. Do you want more water? I could get you another bottle no, of no, water. No, 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 no. Thank you. You're That's good. very kind. Okay. You know how, what happens when I have, I'm too hydrated. Low IQ, small bladder. So it's probably best I just have this. Didn't you? Yes. I know that you have a small bladder. Um, <laughs> didn't you? But like all the Schultz brothers have small bladders. To a certain extent, we didn't. You guys go to? Did you go to a doctor about it though? Or something? I did. I went one time, and he. I was waiting to see if there was something really wrong with me, and he's just like, "You have drink less." Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah, but he also he did see that I did have a small bladder because I go from zero to sixty. Boy, I'm painting an attractive picture here. Oh, the other thing I just remembered is you did an article for Maxim where you, um got like every medical test possible. Yes. And it turned out that you were quite healthy, which I think, please don't take this the wrong way, was a surprise to a lot of people <laughs> who know you well. Because it's like with your lifestyle I was of being too. self-destructive in quotes, um, I'm surprised at how uh, robust your health is. I wasn't. I, wasn't, I was. I wasn't that surprised just because I don't think I've, I've never really, I'm never really sick. So I thought that that might have had something to do with it. Also, I'm not that tall. I always find that shorter people are healthier, like dogs. You know, yeah, dogs only totally. like if they're Great Danes, like they don't live very long. That's true. I've always thought like compact people, they just have better health. And I'm, there's probably no science to that whatsoever. But it's like, well, I'm five eight, so I'll probably live to be about 120. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm sure there's some science to back all of this up, but. Um, yeah, I think I I got tested for way too much, and when in hindsight, that was totally insurance fraud because the doctor knew I was doing. The doctor knew I didn't need a colonoscopy. He knew I didn't need an endoscopy. He knew I didn't need a, which still makes me wince, chlamydia test. But he did it anyway, and he knew he was going to be in the article. And it's actually also bad medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot of things wrong with that that I was too young and stupid to realize at the time. But you know, it was his hypocritical. Were they like, mine. we need a guinea pig who will subject himself to anything, Bill? No, it wasn't even that. It was Bill. You're doing this. Oh. Like there wasn't any wiggle room. And as one who's always frightened for my job, I I, I said yes. But that was yeah, that was not fun. That's not something I do old now that I'm older. What's your if you have a favorite article that you've ever written? The most or story, as we say in the journal stories. <laughs> I like to listen to my stories. Um, one of the more one of the fun ones that was uh, one that involved Alfred actually. Uh, it was, I was 27, 26, 28. I, I, it was 10. I basically, well, no, it was pitched to me this way. Well, this is a little bit where the Republican came out with Greg. Greg wanted to do a story. Um, it was right after nine 11 and, um, a little bit after and, uh, about how all of the professor, a lot of the college professors were, quietly telling their students that the Muslims were right and that, you know, not necessarily that we had it coming, but that he wanted to sort of expose the liberal <laughs> agenda agenda of higher. My eyes rolling around yeah, in my head. yeah, a little bit. And so and like I knew this was gonna come to me and there was no way in hell I was gonna do that. And so and you know, this you do learn people sometimes and you learn how to sort of push them another way. I'm like, well, you know, there's that, there's that. And I think that's a smaller part. And this is such a BS term, but you can all that people 
doing stories can use to their benefit. That's a smaller part of a bigger story. <laughs> and if you can use that well, you're gold in, in journalism. Uh, and I, that's what I said. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, there's that. But, you know, I'm about 10 years out, out of college. Man, it wasn't even that. Um, I'm interested to see if it's as fun as I remember because I fondly look back at it at being this great time where I had no responsibilities. Every night was a kegger. Every other night, actually, there's way more than that. There was much more parts in between. I was making out with someone, and you know, the only thing I learned was how to maintain on acid while pretending I'm at Middle East studies at Emerson. But um, and none of that's actually true, of course. But um, I, I wonder if I have got a rainbow view of this. And he took it, and I and and Alfred was in college at the time, and so I had right there an in to sneak back in and. I could thank God he transferred the next year, but I snuck. He went to Keene, and I had his old pass to his dorm. So not only was I in college, but I was living in the dorms. And it's shockingly, and this was after nine 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 eleven. It was shockingly easy to sneak into the cafeteria, sneak into the classes, use all of the facilities, and um, yeah. So I went to school for two weeks. And, two weeks? Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I remember. This story. Yeah. I can't believe it had a political start, A, and B, I can't believe you were there for two weeks. Well, I like to have my vacations long and I like to expunge politics from everything. So <laughs> I was able to do both of those things at the same time. And uh, yeah, so I took every, and like, you know, the great thing about just sneaking into college is like, you don't have to take intro to acting. I took advanced. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I have it. I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, I've got advanced. And like, was, uh, it there the, was, a lot. was it the beginning of the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that oh. was also easy. So I was just a transfer student, and there was a line, and I don't remember how I used it, but they taught they taught me because all of friends were in on it, um, and it was just sort of like I don't have the slip because I'm transferring. Blah 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 blah. And you get into class you wanted just by doing that, <laughs> and the end. And I kind of had in the back of my head that I'm like, this might be the way it goes, but the end thing being like that the parties were terrible, uh, the, like the socializing wasn't fun. Um, it was almost like a job in and of itself. And I love the classes. It's like, you know, college is wasted <laughs> on people of that age. And I just was so angry at myself for not using the facilities at Emerson. And I was the only one in class that would just raise my hand. I'm sure everyone hated me. I'm surprised I got invited to parties. Um, and it was, I just loved every second of it. And like every day was like a new adventure rather than, oh, I got to go to class. And so that was it. And Greg was happy because I did find one liberal professor that mm-hmm. said something not necessarily positive about, but you know, he f- I found that and it was like a very tiny part. But that long winded answer was, uh, I think that was my favorite. Also, because it was fun hanging out with Alfred in college and uh, his friends were very much in on it. And, uh, but boy, that, that did not go over well at Keene because there was a lot of talk of drug use and stuff like that. When did they found out when you wrote about it? Yes. I'm surprised he wasn't kicked out he i think he would have been okay. but he would already planning and that's another reason why i was not that worried about because he was already planning on going to leaving and i think he'd already decided he was going to the university of maine then did you do the schoolwork? yeah oh yeah because there's a couple classes i really like so i would do them when the one time i almost blew my cover uh we had an introduction to journalism class <laughs> and i don't even remember what he was teaching us like you know the uh, inverted triangle or something like that and i was just like you know what this will be good for this story so i wrote to him and we all had to turn them in 
at the end of it. And so I was just like, uh, F it. So I told him exactly what I was doing. I told, I didn't tell him my full name, but, and I didn't tell him the publication, but I was like, I am sneaking in here. I'm here to see what college is like. Here's what I've done so far. Anyway, this is the one time I take this class. So good to see you. And I turned it in. I thought I put it at the bottom. And I just remember, um, as we're leaving, all of a sudden the guy goes, Bill. Who's, who here is Bill? And I see him holding the thing like that, and I just bolt out of there, <laughs> hoping that he did not see my stupid face. I don't know what I was thinking doing that, but uh, yeah, that's the closest I came to really being honest with the college of what I was doing. But it was fun. The classes were tremendous. And I didn't think Keen didn't like it because of like, there was like actual pictures of me smoking a bowl with their students. <laughs> not a great, that was, and I had them sign releases too, and I can't believe they did it. But um they were not pleased with that, but I mean, I did speak glowingly of the facility. So I mean, I, I feel like they, they, <laughs> that they should have never worked. Uh, yeah, exactly. It does. It to- totally did not work. And Alfred, um, yeah, I think he would have gotten kicked out if he had stayed. Um, it was funny, but so that was probably in my eight-hour long-winded answer. That was probably my my favorite. What did you want to be when you were a kid? I never knew. Um, I knew I liked Brontosaurus, so I kind of wanted to be that for a while. Um, a dinosaur? Or mm-hmm. a okay. No, just a dinosaur. <laughs> um, but uh, I knew, and the only reason I got, and well, actually, because I want to ask you about that too, because I'm always interested in people's answers, but the reason that I got into journalism or mm. reporting was, this is how forward thinking I am, I just want to get paid to travel. That was it. And that seemed to me like I knew I didn't look good in a stewardess outfit. I knew I wasn't smart enough to be a pilot. And I had worked at the school paper. And they told me that the only way I was going to get into college is if I had a focus. So I was like, all right, journalism, because I worked at the paper there. And I just, and I knew that that was a means to an end. Like I never wanted to be Woodward. I never wanted to be Bernstein. I just wanted to get paid to travel. You know, that, that seemed awesome. And I just kind of stuck with it. And just sort of fell into it, and and that's why. Uh, what? Why did what? What got you into it? Um, I was from the time I was young. I was told that I was a good writer. Like teachers, you know, people compliment my writing, but I never really considered it because I wanted to be an actress. First, I wanted to be that's a psych- right. I wanted yeah, to be a psychiatrist that. when I was six. That was my first thing. Then veterinarian, like all little girls. Then actress slash um, musician. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I never wanted to be a musician. I just played music. But um, I was on the school paper, and I liked that. And then the LA Times was looking for students to write features for this new student page that they were doing. So I started doing that. And that's then awesome. It was it was really cool to be in in the LA Times that young. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of like a golden ticket anywhere after college. And then this was that was that was um. High school, actually. Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. And then a little music magazine saw one of the pieces I did for the LA Times, which was about the experience of Orange County bands playing up in LA and pay to play and like all this, there was all this intrigue. Um, and they asked if I wanted to start writing for them. And I said, sure. And then I started started writing for them. And then I did that all through college. And one thing kind of like, then someone from that paper went to this magazine Access, which was this um, glossy. I know that one. Yeah. Do. Oh, totally. So I started writing for them and I was writing cover stories for them. And I think, you know, somewhere around that, all of that, I realized there's something unusual about what I'm doing, this be, being this age and doing totally. this. Totally. God, and I wish I had that trajectory. I totally like it and I know that I'm good at it. So this is what I will do. But the thing about the, that trajectory is I thought 
it would just keep going straight up. You know, I'm like, I yes. will be writing cover stories for Vanity Fair in half a year. Yes, completely. <laughs> I didn't realize that, you know, and then I even, I, I wrote for Rolling Stone and I wrote for People when I was still living in California. I didn't realize that like just doing some freelance stuff for them does not turn into the career that I thought was waiting for me Nobody out there. does and nobody teaches that no, either. I mean, no one, I certainly I don't, didn't yeah. think that. Yeah. I was an English major. Um, I don't know if I had gone to true journalism school. If like, Do they really teach the logistics of the career? And also, I don't even know what the, what it is anymore. I don't either. Uh, God knows I don't know either. I, like, I was a I was a print journalism um, major in, at Emerson, and people are always stunned because they don't even know that that's a major there, or much less it shouldn't be a major period because it's a BS major. But um, they, yeah, I mean they've got a very great broadcast department. But um, I was I knew that broadcast was a flash in the pan. I knew this print thing was just going to get <laughs> bigger and bigger, and I'd be swimming in it. Uh, but I none of the classes I taught I did really taught me anything and there was an elective on how to write for magazines. Mm-hmm. That taught me a lot. But I if I if I had not thought to take that elective, I don't know what would have happened to me. I mean because it's taught you how to pitch, you know, and stuff like that and keep it tight and this is what you want in it and then what you don't. Things you've got to know if you're going right. to do this and no class taught. It was unbelievable. And now Keynes, and now Emerson hates me as much as Keynes, but uh, yeah, it Why? was. Oh, oh, I see. But uh, <laughs> but at least they had the class. But I, I mean, if I hadn't, I, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, a lot of it's common sense, I suppose. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, which I did not even put two and two together till I googled your name, um, you wrote an article about how the Schultz character in Amy Schumer's movie Trainwreck <laughs> was based on you. Yes. But then at the end, she denied it. Yeah. Well, she had two weeks to because I was going to do an interview with her. And she kept blowing me off because she said... Uh, well, so go back to the beginning, though. Oh, yeah. So I'd known Amy for a long time um, just because before she was Amy Schumer in all caps, um, <laughs> she was just like fighting for any red-eye spot she could get. And we weren't like best friends, but I knew her pretty well. And like we'd go out drinking together afterwards. And uh, Red Eye was incredibly social. That's that's something I miss about. I miss it, it too. I really miss that. Um, for, and I obviously. was when I started on the Adam Carolla show because I think my most recent similar experience had been Red Eye. I was. I just assumed that it would be similar and that we would all hang out and be buddies and <laughs> uh, oh, stuff gosh, like that. Yeah. Because Red Eye, you would do the show. And then you would go out drinking. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was great. Although... You couldn't expense it. That sucked. But. Right. Whereas whereas um, Adam Carolla's show was like, get in, do the show, leave. Yeah. And, and talk. everyone just talks on air. Um, although that's like healthier for your liver. It's healthier for your liver. I think it's healthier for your psyche. It's like, it also... It's the whole essing. I don't want to. I don't know if we're allowed to swear. We are allowed to swear. The shitting where you eat. Yeah. uh, That obviously, oftentimes going out with alcohol can lead to that too. That's never a good idea. (laughs) Um, But it was so much. Yeah, that was really fun. I like that. But I can see how Corolla would not be like that. No, definitely. No. Yeah. So I was surprised at the difference in uh, work environment when I first got there. But anyway, so yes. So you and Amy were friends. Yeah. And um, I didn't mention this in the article because my memory is very vague on this, but I know it was something along these lines. I was still freelancing with Maxim and um, I had talked with her about possibly – well, she had, I think she would talked with me. And again, I'm saying what I remember. This is not could might not necessarily be accurate, accurate, but I also know this wife might – she might have had a little acrimony with me. Um that she knew I had been working. She knew all about me. I mean, she knew that I had worked for stuff in the movie. It's snuff. Um, yeah, and, I can't believe I didn't put all that together. Yeah, and um, 
Although my afro is not as bad as uh, what's John Glazer's. John Glazer's in the movie. And uh, he never followed me around, which I thought is bad actor. Bad actor. Does but, uh, she... I'm having trouble remembering the storyline involving him. Do they hook up in the movie? No, no. He's just this um, trying to please dirtbag. Awesome. Um, Afro weirdo doesn't fit in. Will do anything. What What is um? What about him as a dirtbag? Uh, well, he jerked off to hockey games, okay. and uh, well, the my favorite line, which by the way, I've never pitched this, was uh, I'm trying to. Th- I'm thinking about how to do a or, uh, do an article on how to ch- how to jerk off at work and get away with it. I've already started practicing. I remember <laughs> watching that after already knowing his name Schultz. I'm just like, oh god, thinking like oh, that's something Amy would pitch, all right? Not me, <laughs> but um. So I think there was some talk. This is very vague, and this okay. is why I didn't put it in the article. But um, there was some talk between her and me about her doing an advice column for Maxim, and oh, for whatever cool. reason, it didn't happen. And it wasn't. It's not like I was the call on it. I mean, I was just the go between. But your sense was that like she wanted to do it, and yes. they put the kibosh on it. Yes, and I think in hindsight, particularly, and it reminded me of that when I saw the movie. I was like, boy, she just a this is not like this culture, and. Apparently, me me in particular. I also thought that there was a telltale sign that when right before – I hadn't gotten in contact with her in a long time. And right before – I needed a quick quote about strong women. It was some column I was doing for Maxim. Um, and I got – I emailed her. And you can't she imagine got, Maxim doing a story about strong women. Well, you know what? It's 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 going through different paths right okay. now. And it's much, finding itself. Yes. Yeah. It's Life's a journey. And, you know, Maxim's going through a thing. But uh, they, uh, I, call, I emailed her, and she emailed me right back. I thought it was really sweet. She gave me a great quote. Now, that was three days before the movie premiered. And I was surprised at just how prompt she was and ready to help when she certainly didn't have to, and she had a lot on her plate. And then right after Trainwreck premiered, I started getting phone calls. And just it would be people going, dude, you know you're in the movie. Like, you're in Trainwreck. And so and I hadn't seen it yet, but I definitely got a phone call saying, uh, you're in the movie and it's not good. Or more specifically, you're in the movie and you're an asshole. And so I started emailing about her, not mad, just like, hey, what's up? Now, and all did, of a sudden, my email started getting forwarded back to me. And they, I thought that was a telling. Wait, did they know it was you based on the name Schultz? I guess that's a pretty clear sign. And the it being snuff or based on the guy's personality and they knew your relationship with I hate her. to say it. I'm worried it's probably a little of all. <laughs> I think it was it was all of those things. Well, it should um, make you feel good that I didn't. It didn't even occur to me. I that does make me feel good, and now I've blown my own assholeish cover by discussing it. <laughs> right? But, uh, oh, I mean, and honestly, it's a great story. I mean, obviously, it would have been great if it was a character played by George Clooney, and uh, but you know, that's just not going to be Schultz, is it? <laughs> but um, and while she was able to make um millions off of it i too was able to make 250 dollars off a maxim.com article so i mean i think we're both winners um i think we've both you know turned lemons into lemonade so your emails bounced back to you yeah that's crazy what do you make of that well i don't know it didn't make any sense to me at the time and then i finally saw it and then i told max i was like this could be good and i started getting in contact with her publicist and i was like i'm pretty sure this is me i was like listen i love amy no big deal but obviously we want to talk to her about it and they initially said yes for like two weeks they were going back and forth with me i also got in front i wanted to get in touch with john glazer um because i wanted to see how how dare he play the Schultz character without, again, following me around for a couple of weeks. You know, just to get in my shoes. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, she said she would do an interview, and then uh, she's working really hard on Sound Live. And then the next day, and then the next week, we were holding it. Um, and it was some other reason. Then finally, said she said she didn't want to talk about it. And then she tweeted the thing that it wasn't me; it was a comedian she doesn't like. Um, right after we came out with it, and I remember like my editor was like telling me that some of them were saying like, "Well, I mean, um, Amy tweeted this that that it's not Bill. I mean, should we retract?" He's like, "Are you kidding me? Of course she tweeted that." But it's like, now nah, we can throw it at the end. But now, nah, I mean, so I, uh, she acknowledged that it really was you for those two weeks. Yeah. For the most part, saying it without saying, she's like, yeah, there was like lots of caveats like, well, you know, I mean, you know, you shouldn't be offended. But never once what did I get the whole it's a comedian thing. I mean, they strung me along for a while and I think they just decided that was going to be their story. And I don't really know why, because I wasn't, um, uh, you know, trying to pull the rug over from under him. I was I was not going to get her on the phone and be like, you were, how dare you? I mean, it's funny. It's not it doesn't make me look good, mm-hmm. but it's hilarious. And that's that's the that's the tone we were going to take, and also just find out kind of where all this came from. But um, no, they just decided to go with that tweet, which I thought that was funny. So, what is your assessment of why that was the way you were portrayed in the movie, and also how she feels towards you now? I hope. I think she's just annoyed by me that I made some money. Well, I don't think I don't think she's not even that annoyed. Um. I think she's glad to be rid of me bothering her about doing the article. I think that's the if she gives me if she gives any thought to me that's probably it. Um I think if you were to put me on methamphetamines and hopefully take out a little tact, a lot of tact, I would be a little bit like that guy. Um so it's fine. I mean it's I definitely uh, there was certainly initially, like when my friends are just like, "Dude, that's you," and I started hearing about what the guys like. I'm like, "Oh, that hurts." I'm like, "Do people really look at me that way?" But after a while, it's just like, you, it's funny, you know. That's the way you got to look at it. I just wish they had uh, they paid more per word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my regret. But are you and she still friends? I don't. I have nothing against her, but I mean, I don't have any other way to contact her unless it's through a publicist. But unless if you're listening, Amy, I'd love to have you buy me a drink. I'm not buying her a drink, but uh. No, I mean that's the that's I don't know if she listens. She does follow me on Instagram though. So I, so I can get to her. The, get to her. <laughs> Tell her it's uh it's all fine from me. I mean three hundred and fifty bucks, man. That's that's almost a quarter rent right there. So Oh I thought it was two fifty. It 250, just went up. Yeah, sorry. I'm putting on airs again. <laughs> um Classic journalist. Yeah, it's me. Referencing brother, talking about money. So I didn't know if I wanted to bring this up or not. Because I don't want it to be too awkward. But I also feel like I share everything with my listeners. Um, so why the hell not? So you and I were briefly involved. First of all, what's your social security number? So you don't <laughs> share everything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yes. Yes, we were. Um, I think that you were definitely uh, – I, I remember thinking when we were on Red Eye that I was like, I am on air with someone I slept with. For some reason, that was like a big deal for me. I don't know why. So I'm going to blush yeah. now. Yeah. But I feel like certainly I couldn't have been the only one because you got around. Well, but it was all Joshua. And remember, <laughs> he is behind the scenes. I mean, yeah, he was the Matthew McConaughey correspondent. Hey, um, I did not get around, madam. Uh, You're kind I, of a, like, a Lothario. No, I was not. Actually, well, I wish. Actually, in a weird way. I feel you do, I fun, it, you do well with the ladies. That that makes me look like the opposite of the Amy Schumer character, so I like where we're going. <laughs> um, he was an unaccomplished Lothario, but I was too. I mean, you got to look at the... Um, the the overall I've I've gotten that very very infrequently because it's totally not true, but the re, the my explanation of that is that I worked on that show for seven years and 
90% of it I was – no, actually, that's not true. But um, that was also all the only people I hung out with. So the over seven years, things are going to happen. Right. But um, it wasn't – I mean, believe me, I wish my track record was a lot better than it was. I. Uh, but we dated um, – if, would you use that term? Sure. We dated. That was before. I didn't think you would. <laughs> uh, you were this forgetful thing that I'm embarrassed of for about. <laughs> <laughs> but that was way before. My memory is it was way before Red Eye. You, I mean, my brain's over. It was definitely before Red Eye. It was Eye. definitely before Red Eye. Uh, I was. I know I was still at um, Shock, which no one will remember. It was a start I, on that. I remember yeah. Shock. And I remember I picked. So Shock was this. How would you describe Shock magazine? It's a photo driven. Like they're just captions. It was the easiest job I ever had. It was I amazing. I pitched a who wore it better. And it was Robert Downey Jr. in his orange prison outfit and someone else in an orange. That's great. It was like two felons. Did Hammer who do wore it? it? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. Another fucking five letter magazine that starts with an s so anyway yes um, yeah. yeah so i'm trying to remember i don't know i can't remember exactly when it was but it was before red eye um mm. and because i remember talking to greg at one point and uh like we were we were out socially and he said he's like you and Bill had a thing, right? And I was like, oh, you know about that? <laughs> By the way, you probably just fell for it. He didn't know for sure. He totally just roped you in when you confirmed, uh, like, oh, you know about that? Because even then I knew better than to tell Greg anything about my personal right, life. Right, because what yeah. I'm saying is for someone to say you had a thing with Bill, chances are good that they were going to say yes. Well, no, not, I'm not saying <laughs> like that, but he's just fishing because he didn't know either way. Okay. And he just wanted to see what you would say. So anyway, you my... Fell for it. Here's... I, I've never really talked to you... Um, We've never really talked about all this stuff, but it's I will not. just tell you kind of what from my side what was going on. Um, I had just gotten out of a relationship. Yes. And I'm the rebound. It was very under the auspices of like very casual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got way more emotionally invested than I realized I was going to. You could have fooled me. I know. I knew you were going to say that. Um, because maybe I think you might have said something like that at the time. But all, and then, and I'm, I hope this is, I'm not, I don't want this to sound like intense or accusatory. I want it to sound breezy and cash. No, it's fine. It's and fine. then you kind of pulled the fade out. And then I found out that you were, you had a, or you were dating someone else who you ended up going out with for a long time. I did. Um, and I mean, well, no, I, first of all, I was always under the, especially since, uh, well, I don't know. Can I say his name or? Joshua, like, that's fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll just keep it one name. Not, not the Josh that we talked about earlier. Well, no, actually, it is weird enough. <laughs> he had this one period where uh, where he liked women. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I just well, yeah, it was casual, and your memories about it are going to be better than mine. Just for you know, I've got early onset Alzheimer's, but um, the uh, yeah, I know. I just remember being very casual, and then the fade out began because I just assumed I was well, and I was the. Uh, the you know the rebound and uh and then this other thing that started happening and even though you uh, use the word lothario i'm usually not really good with doing two uh, doing juggling (laughs) juggling two people one time like i'm not much of a multitasker and so i was like well it's probably if this is just what that is and this is something else then Rather than being a Lothario, I decided I'd go with one rather than the other. But I was always under the impression that that's exactly what it was. See, I don't think I was clear with myself about what I felt. Yeah, see, I was right. Or with you. 
But, and I know that, I think we did talk about that at one point because I know it's not news to me that you thought it was super, that I only wanted something very, very casual. But I also felt like regardless of what I wanted, clearly you and, do we, are we naming names? And the woman Not the last name, yeah. Well, no, I know, but the first name. Yeah, that's fine. Clearly, you and Sarah. The problem is that's not a very common name. So <laughs> right, I'm the only worried. Sarah. Yes. I felt like even if I had made it clear that, like, no, I'm super into this, you probably would have still ended up with Sarah because you guys fell in love and you were together for a long time. And I think that no matter what, like, those things are sort of. Well, no, I mean, we definitely did fall in love, and um, uh, she was actually get to it if you want but um but that no what that wasn't the case at the time at the time i i could have absolutely been another completely different scenario but i just didn't think that scenario was even an option See, i you. don't think that's true you know i don't it's think true. that's true because i feel You're just like trying to put the onus on me revisionist <laughs> history you no no i've thought about this over the years i don't think that's quite tr- with you and in other situations i don't quite believe that because i think that like the heart wants what it wants and kind of goes in the direction it wants to go so I don't fully believe that it was only because I was saying this is casual that you regarded it as casual. I think it was the way you acted. How did I act? You were just, it was, I don't want to use the word blase, but you were just, it was very casual. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I was trying so hard. I'm such a chick. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying so hard to play it so cool. Well, that's the actress in you because you succeeded. Okay. And well, but also, <laughs> don't, don't don't take too much credit because, again, I'm not that smart. All right? So maybe someone else would have seen through it. But um, no, that's completely how I got it. And I don't believe the other, I, I just don't believe this. I just don't believe well, I'll that. Tell you, you're okay. answering your own question. Sorry. But you are because you were definitely playing it cool and blasé. And after a while, the other individual, who may or may not be Joshua McCarroll, uh, <laughs> it was not. And so for someone who, uh, you know, is sort of like a big, dumb puppy, mm. that makes it very easy to choose a side. Uh, you know, if you throw a stick, I'm going to fetch. That's kind of how I operate. That is, yeah, that is, I mean, I think I, I think you told me some stories about that. And like that, she definitely behaved in a way that was different than I was capable of behaving. I never really, I feel like she was kind of just like, you come with me. We're done. Yeah. And uh, you know, some of us need that, man. God knows this dumb puppy does. I guess you can't be a 40 year old puppy. You can try. uh, No, but I, that always helped. I mean, people always like, oh, men don't like assertive women. Oh, God. I would, I would, I would be a virgin if it wasn't for me. <laughs> I am just, yeah, spineless. The other thing I remember is I remember having the thought that the problem, because I, I sort of felt like I wish you had told me just so that I wasn't like, waiting for you to call or waiting for you to contact me because it was like during that fade out period I was like what's going on and then we had some mutual friends and I don't know who tipped me off that like oh you're on a camping trip with the person that you're now dating or it it wasn't that exactly but there was something and I'm like oh my god I do remember that wake up call um I wished that I had found out some other way but I also remember thinking well the problem with things that are quote unquote super cash is you have not erected any framework in which it would really make sense for the person to be like i'm now with someone else i sort of think that i sort of don't no well i think that a lot of like we we never talked about us because there was no true us to right talk about yeah i mean it was just very it was fun i had a great time but it um it was yeah it was casual and i and again i had known what you were coming off of i also know the persona you were giving me and so that's just what, you know, I thought was going on. 
And, um, you know, they always, it's such a cliche like that, you know, uh, guys complain because women always want to talk it out. And I mean, obviously there's some truth to that, but it, I think that that is required with some members of my gender. I don't, obviously we're not all like that, but we need to have things defined. And if you're not going to do it, then it's not going to happen just because, I don't know, we can be lunkheads sometimes. And um, yeah, you need the terms really defined. And sometimes the talking out part helps with that, at least with me. Yeah, I don't know what, like I said, I was very much not even being honest with myself about how, about how like emotionally invested I was becoming. And I think because I had just gotten out of a relationship, so I was like, I shouldn't be in a relationship. That was part of it. Um, I think I also, like you and all your friends were the most fun people in the whole world, but you were also day drinkers on the weekends. And yeah. I was like, I cannot keep up with this group of people. That's that's not, that's not that's certainly not a good thing. I, I, you should have helped me adopt less day drinking qualities. But boy, yeah, we used to live for that weekends. Something about the sun being out. I don't know. I'm if I had tried to be a good influence, I don't even know that that would have worked. Yeah, it has. I've had people that have been good influences on me and it's it's worked. That sounds terrible, though. It's like I need to be babysat. I'm a grown man. I should take care of myself. But um, day drinking's no good. I think that's what we can all come down to. <laughs> I think if we've given one message. <laughs> right. Let's take some questions that people sent in on Twitter. I can't believe anyone actually did. Or is it all Alfred? When we ask, we send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans Okay, let me just pull them up Um, Here we go Rafael Castaneda says Weirdest story from doing Schultz on the street Oh gosh, um, that's like I did a yeah. I just did a lot of man on the streets, uh, and yes, my name's Billy, but I'm not the successful one. Jerk. <laughs> um, let's see, weirdest one. He oh, suggested goodness. maybe BronyCon. BronyCon was great because I went in there. It's all these adults that are really into My Little Pony, and it's not ironic. And it's there's not. And well, see, the weird thing is, it's not ironic. And for the most part, I thought they weren't pedophiles either. Like, I kind of like them. So maybe that was surprising in the sense that, as weird as they were, I respected their culture. And they just, you know what? They like friendship. Here's the thing. <laughs> and I'm not going to mince words. They like magic. <laughs> and if that's wrong, then I don't think America should be right. So I liked them. That was my surprise from the BronyCon. SB says, How did Bill get to LA? Did he ride the rails? Can you explain for listeners what's in his bindle? I came close to bringing a bindle. I have my backpack, and this is all I packed for L.A. And uh, I've seen two sweatshirts. Well, no, I've got more at Lauren's place, okay. but um, and the actual flight. I really gotta just do something with my. Life. The actual flight was a gift certificate, so you know things are good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you can give a gift certificate for oh, a yeah. flight. American Airlines, man. That's nice. Who was it from? I don't want to say because it's well, Lauren. <laughs> like every all my everything I owe, I have to to her. But ugh, I'm pathetic. Peaked by Parikh says museum goer here. What's Aww. the number one museum to avoid? Oh wow! Well, you know I don't like to. Ha- They're all like my babies. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll give you one. And this goes back to the Schultz on the Street. 
There's like about 65 museums in the greater New York area, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're all top-notch or even really should be called museums. And I remember my producer said, man, there is an elevator museum in Brooklyn. I mean, that's amazing. Elevator museum, so you're doing that. I was like, well, let me look into this a little more. And I didn't see a lot on the website and just seemed like a guy who really liked elevators. And I remember (laughs) it was just four walls with just like various pictures of elevators and like a couple, like maybe one or two artifacts from like an elevator that was like 10 years old or something. And I had to actually make a segment out of that. But yeah, that sticks out of my mind as the worst. Don't go to the elevator museum. I feel like that's something I would have featured on Best Bets. Yeah. On MBC. Like, <laughs> yes. If you uh, like elevators, there's a special installation. Guess what? There's a museum for you. Um, Ed Morris says, has Bill ever toured the medieval crime museum, torture museum in Rothenburg, Germany? I've never been to Germany, so that's a nosy. I've, tur- I've toured similar ones in um, England, but I would love to because that sounds amazing. I and like And then torture. he asked about the Toy Hall of Fame. I don't know where that is. Uh, that is in upstate New York, I believe. Is that Pleasantville? I could be wrong. It could be. Um, I like voting for the Toy Hall of Fame, but I've not been there yet either. The BRR says, I've heard rumors he has a hunky brother. Can you confirm? <laughs> That- All right, so that's Alfred's clearly another Twitter account. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, what? I don't like to say that I have hunky brothers. What I do have is handsome sisters, and that's the way I would describe them as men. <laughs> and it's hard to put them in that category, but they're very handsome, prominent Adam's apple, but very handsome women. <laughs> okay, um, Steeler Slob says. How did Bill get interested in history? He watches a lot of documentaries about it and likes this stuff. Was this someone who knows you? So, no, I, I know that guy. He follows me. Um, he, I don't like, I don't, I hate to say that because that makes me sound like, because I don't know a lot of, I know I like it, but I don't know a whole lot. And I would certainly never, I would never even consider myself a history buff. Although that sounds better than movie buffs because every time I hear someone say a movie buff, I'm like, so you like sitting your ass and watching TV? And that's like a fa- fancy way of saying it. Or I'm a foodie. No, you just really like to eat. But um, <laughs> those are cute words for it. But I know, I mean, I like, and I don't, I would say that I like, uh, Certain types of history. Basically, I'm a racist because I'm more. I seem to be more interested in like European and his and American history than all the other cultures of the world. And I need to open my minds because they're they're out there and they're a lot older. Some of them, you know. So that's one to grow on right there. It's true. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Right. I just looked at the time. This is a long episode. It's because at the point at which we should have gone to questions, I brought up our past. Yeah, way to go. I know. I'm still blushing. Bruise by Dawn says, just me or everyone. Oh, do you know just me or everyone? This is where people... Yes. Okay. Um, oh, I'm a listener. All right. Well, then, yeah. I didn't realize until recently that you're a regular listener. Mm-hmm. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, shit. What have I said about you in the past without giving your name that you might have heard. So oh now my I, gosh, that's a Now I can question. ask you, have, have there been times that you've been like, I think she's talking about me? I'm kind of dim, man. I'm trying to think. I'll th- that's going to be another one where tonight I will okay, remember one. Because I'm sure I have. Huh. It's okay. if you, It's better if you haven't, I suspect. I'll think of one. Because I can't think of specific things. I'm just sure over the years various stories have involved you. Yeah, I'll think of one. All right. Bruised by Dawn says, when you have to reboot a system, there's always the what if it doesn't restart fear. I have this so much so. It is why I don't sync my phone. I don't update apps on 
on my phone I do, but on my computer, like I'm very bad at being up to date because I'm always afraid it'll just crash out everything. Yeah, I'm a t- I, not only that, and this is where it gets disgusting, I'm so much that that I also don't like to clean my keyboard because I'm worried that whatever I kind of solution I put on the keyboard is somehow going to ruin it and my life will be destroyed. Mm. I guess I don't really understand the cloud, but uh, <laughs> sometimes the keyboard can look a little funky as a result. Yeah. And I apologize people sitting next to me on the plane. Shanna Freeman says... Eat something cold at work that would be better warm, but A, that trip to the microwave, and B, people will see what I'm eating. Yeah, I can I can be lazy about stuff like that. I think it's never about the C. It's all about the smell. Uh, just don't put it in the microwave if it's going to be something that's just going to ruin it. It's just a bummer. I mean, when someone does that in the room, um, who cares what it looks like? But if it just reeks. Not only that, microwaves contain funk, or they, they save it. For yes. example, I went to make some tea earlier. And uh, microwaving the cup with the hot water in it is so much faster than boiling it, it with the kettle. So yeah. that's what I did. And I opened it up and I just got a waft of like meatloaf or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which was, oh. I think was like Daniel's dinner last night. And it wasn't meatloaf, by the way, which is worse. It's just something that smells yeah, like meatloaf. Yeah, it just ended up being meatloaf. Um, in my oh, nose. That's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. Smell memory. James Leroy Wilson says, I wonder why the moving parts of a clock are called hands. They don't look like hands to me. I never thought about that, but you're right. They, they look, could just be like legs. Spinning mustache. You know, yeah. I mean, I and also it shouldn't be hands because the rest of it is a face of the clock, don't you know? Right. And I emphasize that by bumping my nose into the microphone. So you know I mean it. <laughs> uh, but it did make me think of those Mickey Mouse clocks with the Mickey hands. That's oh, the yeah, only time yeah, it should yeah. be hands. Peaked by Parikh says, just mirror everyone. It drives me crazy that the 13 is the first teen. What the fuck, 10, 11, and 12? Be teens like you should. Yes, yes, and yes. That's not just her. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a him. I, I wonder if it has anything. Oh, him. Sorry. Well, I don't see gender, you bigot. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if that has something to do with the clock. 12 hours in a day and that that's different and then all those all those other numbers are different because they do not apply to our day right uh, there are some countries that do 13 hour for it to be like yeah more than us but like it's probably military time so. no but you know what i was thinking and i'm not going to make listeners sit there while i figure out what i'm thinking but in certain languages aren't the don't the teens start earlier let's see front you know what it is in like in French, it doesn't start till 16. Okay. The 16 is 610, I think. Size. No, 70. These set. These wheat. You know what? I wish I never brought it up. Okay. Yeah, now my head's melting. Yeah. Johnny Primo says, I'm a sucker for fancy packaging. It's got to be a reflection of the product, right? I can be a sucker for fancy packaging. You know what fancy packaging I'd buy? Something that says Johnny Primo on it. <laughs> I don't know what Johnny Primo's selling, but I want it in my house. Possibly in my in mouth. Hey, maybe in my hair. Oh. But Johnny Johnny Primo, it just looks like it it just looks like it would be should be written in the same script as the Dynamite magazine in the late seventies or something. I just want to see Johnny Primo all over mm-hmm. the wall. Oh, it's fun to say. Phil Scrogg says, I hate when people use a singular when they need a plural. For example, he's six foot tall. Uh, That's yeah. just her or him. I'm, him. Getting, I'm having a problem with genders today. Yeah. Um, six foot tall, six feet tall, six foot tall. I don't have a huge problem with it, I'm, I, I must admit. 
I'm okay with I it. I don't, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of verbal things I don't like. That's not one of them. I loved your recent Twitter tirade. That got into, I'm working on that now and I kind of wish I didn't. That's like a Daily Beast thing now until they kill it. But um, yeah. That's awesome. Literally, I feel like. You know, not only, wait, you, I feel like you don't like that one. I feel oh, like I say that one a lot. Everyone does. I'm, the, I am, with all of those, I'm the worst offender. Did I just say I feel like I say that one a lot? I think I yeah, did. Yeah, you did, but <laughs> I, I just figured you were doing that on purpose. Oh, I totally was. Uh, well, that uh, Jillian Barbary girl, I mentioned it uh, with her, and she said that, and it's a good point that I didn't even think of, it's the therapy speak. It's that people who are in couples therapy, right. people are more therapy, and there's a lot of talk about, no, don't say, tell me what you feel, and that just gets... It's, well, my dad recently sent me an email there was a restaurant that i suggested and he wrote back the name of the restaurant and then in all caps stunk with four exclamation points <laughs> and it's really been it's like a very stupid thing for me to get bent out of shape about but i'm like like maybe he went on an off night because i went to it's a chain restaurant and i went to the one in seattle and it was really good so i want to go to the one down in costa mesa but according to him it stunk because he had one bad experience there but i'm like he's being so declarative and so authoritative <laughs> and to him the restaurant absolutely stunk i wish he could say i felt like it wasn't you know what i mean like oh, i yeah, actually wish he had couched that, it in that way because uh, i'm like he is defining my reality there is a time and a place for all of these things but you know there's but, a time when you should really use literally but, yes, not, but that's not, not literally use, not as much as we use it. Yes. And not only do I dislike the li- misuse of literally, I also dislike the misuse of literally. Oh, that's, there's a lot of people who just pronounce literally, it literally. Literally, uh, that's it's a very, like very female British. thing. Yeah, and I yeah, and they I think that they are trying to make it sound like they've got British friends. They like the way it sounded. All of a sudden, boom, they're doing it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Not a fan. What are some of the other ones you don't like? Um, I wanted to replace at the end of the day with at the beginning of the night, but no one's doing that yet. But at the end of the day is a rough one. Uh, it is what it is. It's been almost too done. Like people are already over that one. So I don't think I need to use that one. I'm trying to think because I've been talking to a couple of linguists. Um, 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 what's a big one that a lot of people haven't? There's one that so has been overdone, but I want to do it because NPR did <laughs> Terry Gross and on NPR is the worst offender of all time really and she had a linguist come on to defend so and at no point did she ever say that the reason i'm having you on is because i'm the worst offender of all time you know she gets letters on it she so starts every question with starting, so. okay yeah yeah and so i kind of want to add that because i'm like the only one that i feel like i see i'm working on it i know <laughs> that i'm probably the only one that saw that she had this person on and didn't own it uh, i'm getting ahead of uh, what's one what's one more um, okay. 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 <laughs> I don't mind. You know what? That's not on there. I don't know why, but I don't mind. Okay. Okay. I'm, okay. So I I would take okay over so. Okay is a nice transition. That I, I think so too. Clearly, but okay. I received tweets about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's better than um. It's better than I use that like. Too. I've I've gotten better about like. There's one big one that I'm missing. Vocal fry? Vocal fry, but it's just, it just sort of seems like another category. Mm-hmm. I certainly want to put it in there, but because it's definitely such a thing. Oh, man. On um, fleek? Uh, well, you know, I wanted to do shade, but that's just more just slang now than something right. that's annoying. So it's yet. not slang as much as no, annoying it can be verbal both. crush. It, well, annoying. briefs, obviously. Ovs, toads, soups. 
You're the king of those. Whatevs. And I feel I, like you invented I'm those. Try, I hate myself. I never liked okay. it. I liked myself. I look in the mirror every morning and I punch it. Like some <laughs> sort of weird scene in a uh, Coppola movie. Um, no, I'm trying to get that out. You're and trying to get one, rid of the abris. Wow. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know if this was a West Coast thing, but in the Midwest, when I was growing up, every, when people said awesome, it was ironically. Like we were making fun of people that said awesome, mm. but somewhere along the way, awesome just became what we said. I know. And this is what happened with the Braves. Everyone did it ironically, and now people just do it. Yes. And uh, and I, I think awesome was just something that you surfer types just did, but we yes. were making fun of it. But then we stopped making fun of it, and it's it's there, and it ain't going nowhere. That's happened to me with a word that happened earlier in the show. Neat. And also rad, and I say awesome all the time. See, rad should make a comeback, and it kind of is. I'm hearing it more and more, but awesome has just been part of the landscape, man, and it's going nowhere. Javier Juarez Jr. says, just me or everyone, <laughs> hate playing where's the stinky hashtag fuzzy Tupperware. I've never referred to it that way, and I don't know how you can without laughing, and where's the stinky sounds like a sex game. I've never heard of that before in my entire life. Where's the stinky? Yeah. Uh, what is that? Finding... He he wrote hashtag fuzzy Tupperware. So like he hates finding trying to find a piece of Tupperware, and I guess they refer to their Tupperware as stinky. Oh my god, yeah, of course that's the, the, the fuzzy Tupperware. It took me a second, but I'm like, yeah, that just sounds like a really horrific euphemism. Yeah, and thanks for now. I'm gonna have to use. I it. know, yeah, I know. I'll say that at some point tonight. Um, but yeah, in general, I find my Tupperware storage to be wanting. I don't have any Tupperware unless you someone don't? leaves it at my place. Yeah. I don't know how to live a life. Do you have any food in your fridge? Maybe. I've got a roommate now, so he might have something. You have a roommate? Yeah. Do I know who this is? No. He's great. Do you live in the same place you lived last time I saw your place? Uh, Yes. Okay. And it's spacious for all those listening out there. Can't emphasize that enough. (laughs) Sasha McGillicuddy says. Uh, Not a real name. Frozen grapes reign supreme over regular room temperature or fridge stored grapes. I've never, I've never frozen grapes. I don't like grapes to begin with. I've, the older I get, I'm not a sweets guy. You consider grapes sweets? Yeah, totally. They're they're sweet. They're a sweet fruit. Frozen grapes have a very weird like texture when you bite into yeah. them. It's like a very like that. It's it's it, it strikes that. Fingernails on chalkboard. Right. More, Sensation. Yeah, less skin, more jelly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. They, they're I'm, making my teeth uncomfortable. Just yeah, I want to like them, but yeah, there's something weird about them. Right. I feel like I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't stand them. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm going to go with grapefruit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there we go. So... And finally, Sasha McGillicuddy also says, I sometimes take showers without opening my eyes to test my senses and see if I could cut it as a blind person. I've never done that. Why do you have to be in a shower to do that? I would just close my eyes. (laughs) You're right. There's Uh, so many other... Well, a shower is a more safe space to do it than like, I'm going to see if I can get from my bedroom to the living room. That's the way to test to be a blind person. That's true. That's just like, oh, this is a nice shower. I'm going to take a nap. That's all she was doing. That's all she was doing. Well, maybe she's like trying to see if she could wash herself and shampoo and conditioner and stuff. I'd be a little un- I'd be a little disappointed if she couldn't wash herself while with her eyes closed. Yeah. All right. But there might be a Girl, you gotta know your body. <laughs> um that's important. You gotta know you. Be a razor floating around the shower. There's yes. there's well, challenges in there. I suppose. Well, thanks for putting that in my head too. Bill Schultz. Thanks so much for having me. It was delightful having you. You say delightful all the time. I don't think you mean it. 
That's your verbal crutch. Delightful. Should I get rid of it? No. I mean, it's nice if people who don't know you hear that. I know it means nothing to you. And you use it like so many tissues. I think what we have established earlier in the show, when I made the show super long, is that I seem breezy, but I'm being sincere. Yes, we have established that. We've learned a lot today. We really have. I'm going to go have some frozen grapes. Of a lot. Um, They're in the stinky. Oh, God. (laughs) You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps fresh, clean Tupperware, Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. We are PayPal links on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. Thank you for the PayPal support. Um, we have t-shirts available. Go to alisonrosen.com. Click on the t-shirt. That'll take you to the site where you can buy a shirt. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also... You can get these on gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen, gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen, or if you're an iTunes person, uh, go to, or rather, search um, Hey Go Fuck Yourself or Touch the Tushy on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We also have bonus episodes available in the comedy album section of iTunes and uh, more stuff also available on Gumroad, the song that Greg made for the Al Quiz available for Pay What You Wish price. If you like what you're hearing, leave a nice comment and uh, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F-Show at gmail.com. And Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And you can find Bill. Oh, yeah. And Bill. Running away. Where should we go for you? Bill is over in the corner right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This definitely doesn't have anything to do with Lauren Savan. Um, actually, it completely does. Um, I was just looking at my phone. Uh, you could go add Bill Schultz. I was the only early adapter thing I've ever done was Twitter, so it's just my name, Bill Schultz. S C H U L Z. Thanks, guys. No T, just a Z. Yes, no T. Okay, thank you so much for being Thanks, on the show. This guys. was fun. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best.